Tuning into the 523rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Daryl D. Lane. As always, wherever you are, however you may be listening on me, you've making me in this show part of your day, whether it be a Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Everett, SoundCloud, Pandora, or whichever podcast and upper platform you may be listening to me via. Being, of course, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, per the news, we're going to have a great podcast for all you guys today. A little somber podcast. Uh, going to talk about Damar Hamlin a little bit in a mini pod. Wasn't going to do a podcast for the usually the Tuesday, Wednesday show, but you know, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squad podcast. He's kind of like, Daryl, you have responsibility to talk about these things. So I'm just going to dive into it a little bit. So before I do that, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit, threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify. Uh, I have everything timestamped there. You can look on the timestamp and we'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you most like to listen to, folks. It is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nitrate underscore Lane and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane, you'll find it. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, right people on the pod, then fret not, we're not, folks, but just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and I want to get into my monologue that my good friend Kenny Sim would love so very, very much. So, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a background about me. About me. I don't think I've ever done this just in a full-form audio version, right, just telling everybody where I'm from and all this, because I think it all relates to the DeMar Hamlin situation. So, start from the very, very beginning. Like in Star Wars, a galaxy far, far away, eons ago. Uh, I was born in 1998 uh, in Buffalo, New York. I grew up in Amherst, which is like the first suburb over from Buffalo. I lived on the same street, 410 Caroline Ave, uh, for the better part of 20 years of my life. And I'm right now 24, right? Uh, so ingratiated in the Buffalo community, Buffalo Bills fan. My dad is from Buffalo. Uh, my uncle's from Buffalo, his brother, my grandma, his mother is from Buffalo. Uh, so that lineage of kind of like Bills fandom from Buffalo, my dad and my uncle specifically, they're massive Bills fans. Uh, though my mom is not from Buffalo. She's now been indoctrinated. She is now a Bills fan. She was asking me, she's like, Daryl, let's go to the Bills bar in Philadelphia and let's watch the Bills. She's always saying, Daryl, how do you get the Bills game on on streaming and all this stuff? And I help her. Right. So she's been indoctrinated as well a little bit into the Bills Mafia. So given that I'm from Buffalo, all my friends are from Buffalo. Uh, a lot of people I talk to on a regular basis are from Buffalo. Most of my family, especially on my dad's side of the family, is from Buffalo. 
So, obviously, growing up a Bills fan, years of torture. <laughs> the team not being very good. I remember when I really started getting into football around 2010, the Ryan Fitzpatrick, Donald Jones, David Nelson, Naaman Roosevelt, Stevie Johnson era. They got Marvin Mario Williams, one free agency. Uh, they had Shan Gailey as a coach, then Doug Marone. Then they brought in Rex Ryan, which was just very weird, and the team was undisciplined, and they got a lot of penalties. So growing up through this, uh, right, into middle school and then to high school and then to college, kind of when Sean McDermott era really took off. And then they got Josh Allen, then Mike Hyde, Jordan Poyer. They trade for Stephon Diggs and the Bills are now a juggernaut. Fast forward to this year, right? I'm writing for Buffalo Rumblings. Thought it was a good opportunity sports media-wise. Two to three articles of analysis a week. I watch every Bills game uh, and I follow the NFL as a whole, but I'm always making sure I'm watching and really plugged into the Bills game. Have two to three games going on. Uh, so I know Damar Hamlin pretty well as a player. Also, I do scouting for the NFL draft. I evaluated him coming out of Pittsburgh. Uh, he was the one of the safeties uh, on the team. The other one was, I believe, Paris Four. Those were two safeties that I kind of liked coming out of the draft. Had Paris Four ranked a little higher, but that's neither here nor there. So I knew DeMar Hamlin coming in as a Buffalo Bill, given that I scouted him. He was drafted in the sixth round. Made sense. Not great physical traits. Smart player. Uh, and could stay a long time in the league. I think a lot of other people had him as a special teams guy to a backup, which makes sense. Uh, Micah Hyde has a neck injury, right? So with that, second week of the season, DeMar Hamlin's pressed into action. I will not say what other people and I've seen across TV say, talking about how much of a great player he was, because I don't believe that. Really, that doesn't matter, because uh, it's more about the person, right, uh, collapsing on the field due to cardiac arrest. But I will tell you this, he was piss poor in coverage, <laughs> uh, but he was pretty solid uh, against the run, which is actually uh, making tackles, which is actually how he got hurt, uh, solid in collisions. Uh, good understanding, kind of gets in the run, fits fairly well, uh, but a solid backup safety was pressed into action and he was doing his job. There are other people who criticized him more, I feel like, in the Buffalo Bills community. I was never one of those people. Uh, I always thought, you know, he is what he is. Uh, and I appreciated how he played. And I never thought he was like a total liability, liability besides in coverage, where sometimes it was like, okay, DeBar, we bore from you. But Against the run in terms of making tackles, perfectly open face, rallying to the football, punching the football out. Uh, he was always fairly solid at doing all of that stuff. Um, and then you see what happened against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night. I go to the Buffalo Bills bar in Philadelphia, and uh, I'm sitting there. I'm watching the game. Uh, Joe Burrow throws it to Tyler Boyd. Uh, Trey White was on him, I believe, right? 7-0, seven, seven, seven oh, Cincinnati. And this game is in Cincinnati, by the way, in the jungle. Then the Bills get the ball. Josh Allen, they're driving the ball down the field. Uh, third down, Josh Allen throws it to the left side of the field to Cole Beasley, kind of drop, drops it, really, ball Cole Beasley should catch. And the Bills settle for a field goal. So now it's 7-3, to mid-first quarter. A little past mid-first quarter. The Bengals are driving. Joe Burrow throws it to T. Higgins. DeMar Hamlin comes up to make the tackle right as T. Higgins is running up the middle of the field. Who's coming up the middle of the field to make the tackle? The safety. That's what DeMar Hamlin does. The incident happens. Immediately, he's on the ground, and I'm thinking I see players on the ground all the time. I've played football. I've been around football for a long time. Injuries are no shock 
to anybody. But then you see that the way he was laying on the ground, and at first it, it just looked like he was gone, like he was out. And typically when I see people laying on the ground, my first thoughts are this. There's two things. One, it's a neck injury, you're paralyzed. Or two, right, concussions, something that's talked a lot in the sport, you are just knocked out cold. It ended up being neither. It was something even maybe more scary, more dastardly, more awful. His heart stopped. His pulse wasn't going, right? So they had to resuscitate him on the field. And I knew it was also really bad when they go back to the Monday Night Football crew with Trey Aikman and Joe Buck, and they're talking about it. Then after that, then they go back to the studio with Adam Schefter and Booker McFarlane and all those guys. And it's like, okay, this is not normal. So that's how you know there's a real issue with DeMar. Then they start talking about CPR. And I'm like, okay, that obviously means his heart stopped. And then your mind starts racing. You start thinking about the worst case scenario. And you don't want to be negative, but that's just what it goes to because you're not used to it. It's a... Uh, a foreign situation. Sometimes it's hard to keep your composure when you're in a situation you've never been uh, for the first time in your life. Right, I always tell people, uh, right from Buffalo, New York, like I just said, I was in that tops where the shooting happened uh, in Buffalo with uh, the white supremacist and uh, about a week, a week ago before the shooting actually happened. And I sometimes think to myself and I'm like, what would I do, right? What would I do? I mean, I've never heard guns ring off like that. Would I freeze? Would I run? Sometimes you don't know. You don't know when you're in these uh, difficult situations, these flight or fight situations until you're actually in it. Uh, and then we see it. And then, you know, certain people are on Twitter and then they're like, oh, are this, what's going to go with the game? I know Skip Bayless got a lot of hate for that. I don't think what Skip Bayless said was all too crazy, but Skip got a lot of hate for that. And it's like, this is new foreign situation and new, new foreign territory. Not everybody knows how to handle it. Obviously, you saw players running away and crying. Uh, they, they couldn't look. Josh Allen's on the sideline talking to Joe, Bur Joe Burrow. And you don't see that. So you could obviously tell something was wrong and I hate it when we all criticize people in these situations because, like I said, it goes back to when I said the shooting thing at Tops. None of us know how we react till we're actually in that situation. The NFL doesn't plan for these situations. People criticizing the NFL, it's wrong. It's wrong. And that's the next thing I want to get into. But before I get into that, I do want to say this. Take it back to DeMar. He's 24 years old. I'm 24 years old, like I said earlier. Part of it hits home because as a parent, I can only imagine what my mom would do, my mom and dad. As a parent, you never want to have to bury your child or even have to think about that possibility or have your child seen on life support or not being able to breathe or have their heart or pulse stopped. You never want to see that as a parent because as a parent, your whole idea is you want to see your child obviously outlive you, right? You never want to outlive your child. So then that's really the humanistic element. And again, thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin. Now, coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, like I said, we're going to get into the NFL's unfair criticism. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Same game parlays, easy fast payouts, player prop options, Etc. Etc. You guys know the deal. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to one hundred percent boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. 
Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TBPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. And now it's time for you, Mariah. All I want for Christmas is you. You love the holidays and you love betting. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. And still talking about uh, the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation. Still thoughts and prayers out to him and his family. Uh, I believe he's doing better. I was reading something that he was still in critical condition, but he was like on 50% breathing capacity on his own, uh, where before it was like 100% he wasn't. So, I mean, that's a really good sign. I want to give... A couple of special thanks to people. I thought everybody, and people mentioned this, the way Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor handled it was beautiful. Good show of leadership. Uh, the players, obviously, they handled it the right way. Stefan Diggs showing his leadership as a captain, why he has to see on the jersey, going to the hospital, saying, that's my teammate, that's my brother, that's my friend. And I'm going to go check on him and see if he's okay. Um, and then also seeing how the paramedics and the doctors, the people who used the defibrillator who did CPR, how quickly they rushed in there when I believe his heart stopped twice, stopped on the field, then it stopped once they got back to the hospital at the level one trauma center. So the fact that the emergency first responders, they did a fantastic job uh, and they did their job and NFL props to the NFL for putting them there. Uh, there's probably like 0% chance you'll ever need somebody with a defibrillator on the football field, but this was that one in a million chance that it happened and you had that person there. Uh, so good looking out by the NFL. So I want to get to this. This whole criticism about the NFL really bothers me because when these issues happen, they become bigger than sports. It brings in the people from CNN, from Fox News, from MSNBC, from all these people who really don't watch football, who don't really care about sports, and they start interjecting their little opinions into this. And it's not that they can't have an opinion, but it's kind of like you just come here for that one major situation. Now you're talking about it, and I feel like there's not a lot of intelligence and a lot of elegance when they talk about it and when these sports stories get into that sphere of things, right? So I'm hearing people say things, talking about how the NFL... Uh, did such a bad job handling they were really going to make those players go back on on the field. That is not true. It was in protocol after a horrific injury, five minutes, uh, and you have to wait. And you, you warm up, for, you wait for five minutes, then you go back out there. Obviously, nobody was warming up. They all went back into the locker room. The league office wasn't telling anybody, hey, don't let them go back out. Don't let them go back in. Don't let them go in the locker room. Don't let them go in the locker room. They have to come out. They have to come out. That's not happening. They immediately stopped the game. Uh, they suspended it. So nobody knew what was going to happen, and then they were looking at all their options. And you could say they should just cancel it right there. Well, that's not how it works. And at the end of the day, the NFL is big business to some degree. There are a lot of working parts, a lot of people who make the decisions. The league owners, Roger Goodell, Troy Vincent, um, 
the VP of the Players Association. Like all these people have to come together to make a collective decision. It's not like just one man decides how things run off. That's not how it works. So you have to factor in all these different positions. And that's why I got a little mad when people were saying, oh, it's dehumanizing tomorrow or whatever, when everybody's saying, well, then what happens to this game? And Skip Bayless got a lot of the brunt of that. Now, it was probably the wrong place, wrong time for Skip Bayless to say that, but here's what I will say. Obviously, uh, and I'm trying to figure out the right words to say this because I don't want to say anything insensitive, but what happens, this game is obviously important, and whether it plays or not has ramifications uh, for uh, playoff seating and Whatever happens to DeMar, and of course we hope and pray all the best happens, football is still going to go on, life is still going to go on, people have their own jobs to do, right? People played football a week after 9-11, after people saw the Twin Towers collapse, right? Uh, Brett Favre played football after his father passed away, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to compare these situations, but life goes on. There are still jobs to do. People still have work to do. There are still things that feed people's families. So you just can't shut down and be like, okay, we're done forever, right? That cannot happen. Now that I got that out the way. Still, thoughts and prayers out to DeMar. Probably wrong time and place for Skip to even say that, even though that's not really what he said. He said playoff seating seems irrelevant at this point, which was true at the time it did. But people are using that as an excuse to dehumanize, uh, to say the NFL is dehumanizing players or that people like Skip Bayless are wrong and black bodies are just your entertainment. It's like, come on, man. Like, really? It's just pushing agenda-driven uh, narratives that I don't particularly appreciate. The NFL handled it beautifully. The paramedics handled it beautifully. The coaches handled it beautifully. Everybody handled this situation beautifully. And then again, another thing that bothers me, people start saying, oh my God, an indictment on football, which bothers me to its core. Because I've always said this when people talk about concussions, there is risk in everything you do in life. And if people are going to start saying, oh my God, maybe the NFL needs to go to flag football. First of all, rugby is football without pads. Nobody cares about that. Secondly, we have NASCAR drivers. We have a bunch of uh, dudes driving in cars going 200 miles per hour in race cars with nitrox and ultimate fuel in it, all this craziness going right next to each other near a wall and making sharp turns. And I see more NASCAR drivers die and hurt of more NASCAR drivers die and get hurt than football players. You have MMA where your job is to literally incapacitate another human being. The same job in boxing. Your job is to literally knock out another human being. Those are four sports who are inherently more dangerous than football. Now let's get to football. Clearly there is risk. Uh... Clearly, there is a lot of risk in playing the game. There's risk in almost anything you do. Players get paid. They get paid handsomely. Uh, a conversation I heard Dominique Foxworth mention, he was getting a little bit into uh, guaranteed contracts and stuff. I don't want to get completely into that because I, with all due respect to Dominique Foxworth, I understand what he's doing, uh, but he's also a uh, former president of the Players Association. So I under, I'm trying to figure out the right words to say. I think... He was kind of, you know, pulling little strings and making a couple statements, which is fine. That's his prerogative. But, and he was kind of using DeMar Hamlin uh, as a little bit, not a puppet for it, but a little bit of the poster child for it to where it's like when you're mentioning, oh, DeMar Hamlin, he missed out on this big contract because obviously 
he might never play football again. He probably won't play football again. I'm suggesting he never plays football again. But he missed out on all this money, which isn't true. DeMar Hamlin was a six-round pick, and he wasn't like some elite football player. It wasn't like his second deal. He was going to get generational love. That's not the case. And I'm sure the Buffalo Bills will take care of DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin's not going to have to worry about anything. He's not. So I don't like it when people are then using this to attack football, attack the NFL, attack the shield. And I'm not saying that the NFL has never done anything wrong and it does not deserve to be attacked because they have done things wrong. They lied about concussions for like 30, 40 years. Of course. But that doesn't mean right now that they're inherently everything they do is bad or against the players or that the game is so unsafe and, you're, and you don't need to have your kids play because you're afraid that your kids are going to collapse on the field due to cardiac arrest like DeMar Hamlin. Now, I'm not a doctor. I probably shouldn't say this. This is one thing I will say. I do think he probably had some pre-existing heart issues. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. We'll find that out later. Maybe that's inappropriate for me to say, but that's just my opinion. Take it for what it is. That's just my opinion. I've played football. I've been around football. I've never seen somebody collapse due to cardiac arrest. To me, that seems like a heart issue, right? That's not something that just is normally happening on the football field. It's like every time, and then we talk about others. Oh my God, this is when people need to stop playing football. Well, they never get in the plane again. Because when you get in the plane again, there's a small chance the plane could crash and everybody could die. But you're still going on a plane. I was just on a plane from Philadelphia to LA, then LA to Philadelphia back. That's six hours round trip. That's 12 hours I was in a plane. There was a chance while I was on that plane, the plane could have crashed. Me, my mom, my brother, we all could have died and everybody else in the plane. There is a chance that that could have happened. But it didn't and it's not very likely. Every time you get in a car, there's a chance you could be in a car accident. Every time you go to a store, there's a chance that you could be at that top store that white supremacist was who was shooting and you could have died. I was there literally, like I said earlier, a week before. There's inherent risk in everything in life. Say, oh my God, this is football. And people might say, oh, well, you have to go on a, 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 in a car. No, you don't. You can ride your bike. Much safer, actually. Oh, you don't have to go on a plane. No, you can drive or you can walk or you can do a lot of other things. People back in the day, they walked from place to place 200, 300 years ago. Now, people don't want to do that. And obviously, that's not realistic. But like I said, inherent risk in everything you do in life. Nobody should look at that and think that that is something that could happen to your child, your brother, your husband, or any of your favorite player or anybody on your team. That's an anomaly. That's a rare situation. And um, I believe his name is TJ Moe. He comes on Jason Whitlock's show, Fearless. And um, they were talking about it. And they said one thing that I do think. It's more of a issue that DeMar Hamlin has than an issue about the NFL and its safety when that situation happened. That's why I go back to, I think he probably had some pre-existing health issues, particularly in his heart, right? But that was a routine tackle that happens all the time. And sometimes bad things happen. We can't explain why. And it's awful when people just try to find somebody uh, to get mad at and somebody to criticize it. I don't appreciate it. I don't respect it. And I th respect it. And I think it's Bush League. I think it's absolutely Bush League. So with that, uh, I want to thank you guys all for tuning into this episode. The 523rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.